Hello, it's Rafaela here from ThreadUp. I continue to support the creative community through this crisis with all sessions now on video and phone calls. For details, please check threadup.co.uk. You can also find details of free check-ins I offer on my Twitter at threadup underscore and on Instagram and Facebook at threadup. Please share this. Somebody out there might need it. Stay safe and let's get through it together. Psychomedy Daily Dose, the spin-off series of short episodes of Psychomedy during this time of near total shutdown of a live comedy circuit due to coronavirus. I'm Nathan Cassidy, stand-up comedian and Bachelor of Science in Psychology, and every day now I'm going to be talking with a different comedian about the current situation, along with passing on some hopefully really helpful and positive strategies, coping mechanisms from the counselling professionals we partner with at threadup.co.uk. I'm hoping that by sharing experiences and some positivity with comedians, we can all get through this together in the best possible way. Joining me on Psychomedy Daily Dose today, it is Ement. Hello. Hello. Hi. Hi. How are you, Izzy? Well, I'm all right in the circumstances. I, I'm sort of... Uh, I think I'm better at lockdown than I would have thought I would be. <laughs> it's one of my special skills it turns out good good yeah a few a few comedians have have said that but of course you're you're a producer as well and used to working with a lot of people and collaborating what makes you better than you thought you were going to be well I, well I, I mean one of the reasons i started doing uh stand-up was so that i could stop bloody collaborating <laughs> <laughs> so maybe maybe that's why i'm enjoying lockdown as well i mean Saying enjoying lockdown is probably putting it a bit strongly and also being a bit insensitive to people who, for good reason, are finding it very difficult. Indeed, um, indeed. But it's, um, but it's easier for some, you know, and, um, and, you know, some people have said, yeah, they're, they're used to, they, they like a bit of solitude or they, yeah, so. Yeah, I think the writer in me likes it. I'm, I'm getting some writing done. Um, but you know also excusing myself when I don't get writing done because this thing is a sort of excuse for everything isn't it really yes yeah uh, yeah because finding the finding the inspiration I think to do something new I mean there are plenty of people doing it but there are plenty of people not doing it and both is equally understandable of course but um yeah, yeah just uh yeah I've spent a few weeks finding the mojo in terms of finding what's what's funny in this situation and trying to trying to remember what's funny you know <laughs> yeah and of course when we come out of this everyone's going to be doing the same jokes so <laughs> it's sort yeah. of finding what's the what's the original observation about this situation we're all sharing yeah yeah so are you uh what's your lockdown situation are you um alone I, in am, or a... I, I am indeed a solo yeah. isolator Nice, um, nice. Yes, one of these brave solo isolators, um, <laughs> which, you know, there's obviously people who are on their own where that's a very difficult situation, but I'm sort of counting myself quite lucky because I like my flat and yeah. I'm not having to share it with anyone horrendous who I can't get away from and I sort of count my blessings really. Yeah, yeah. Because I've noticed one or two things you've been up to, looking at your Twitter and whatever. Um, 
one of the things I noticed that you started listening to the top 500 albums as, um, as yeah, voted actually, for on, um, was it Rolling Stone? Yeah, it's, it's just become my little habit for the last mm. few days that when I'm cooking myself an evening meal, each yeah. evening listening to uh, one of the albums from Rolling Stone's top 500 albums of all time, which they update every few years, I think. Okay. Um, so yeah, starting at number one, obviously, Sergeant Pepper, which I rated as correct. That is number one. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, how, do you, how do you know before you've listened to all Phil Collins albums? Well, yeah, you make a fair point. <laughs> but, uh, but, but seriously, I mean, you know, if that's not better than Sergeant Pepper, I'll eat my hat. <laughs> I mean, you're, you're sticking your neck out there <laughs> with a very controversial opinion that I don't think you're serious about. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, nice. Well, that is a good way. That is a good way to fill the time. That's 500, that's 500 days if you only listen to one a day. That's, that's, a, good, that's a good way. Yeah, if, if lockdown goes on a really long time, that'll, that'll be something that I can be pleased about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> be like, oh, I can do all 500 now. Yeah, nice, nice. So, yeah, how are you feeling about comedy? Generally, at this time, you were, of course, I'm, I'm telling you this as if you don't know, but uh, if the audience doesn't know, you were a producer uh, before and during while you're doing stand-up comedy of some of the best comedies of the last 10 years, like Peep Show and um, Cuckoo and The Windsors and Toast, Toast, that's my favourite, Toast of London. Yeah. And uh, no, working no, with no, Harry and no. Paul and um, yeah. what was the one recently? Game Face with Roshi. Game Face, second series of Game Face, that was, a, that was a delight to be involved in that, very proud of that. Yeah, I saw the, uh, yeah, I think there was a pilot of that, wasn't that, that went out? And I, I think I'm right in saying that, uh, there was like a one, there was, yeah, there was a pilot, um, yeah. and then there was a first series, and then there was a second series. She says, like, "Yeah, yeah." Go in a different order to that. There was a pilot, <laughs> and then there was a then second, there was a second series. series. Yeah, and there was another pilot. And then, no, I think uh, Roisin Connolly is basically a genius performer and writer. So, um, what a delight to work with her. Yeah, it was amazing. Because watching that pilot, you just could th- you could just see this is going to be brilliant. Just instantly. And I guess that's pretty rare from a pilot. Just the first five or ten minutes, it was just like, well, the first minute it was just like, this is great. Yeah. And her DNA is so, is right through that show. It's one of those shows that's got a real kind of authored feel to it, which I love. Yeah. yeah. Roisin is one of a, a handful of comedians, proper comedians, who I've worked with as a producer since I've been a comedian myself. Uh. And uh, I spent quite a while being quite sort of coy about it and not telling people that I was working with in TV that I was doing stand-up and not certainly not telling, when I first started doing stand-up, certainly not telling, you know, people on the, then I was doing open mic gigs, you know, people at gigs with me. Uh. I was a TV comedy producer for obvious reasons. So it was like I had this exciting double life. Oh. And then uh, and then I it, it sort of, you know, got a bit further with the comedy and I thought I'm going to have to fess up. And actually the first person I told who I've worked with professionally in TV was Harry Enfield. Um, right. And he was like, right, when you, when's your next gig? Paul and I are coming <laughs> to see you. 
Well, that's a big that's a big place to start, Harry Enfield and Paul Whitehouse. <laughs> My goodness, yeah. Yeah, and then I um, when I was producing the last series of Cuckoo, um, obviously Greg Davis is in that, and I, I told him, and he was so encouraging and mm. lovely about it, and he just said, "Look, I've not seen you gig, uh, so for all I know, you might be really shit comedian, but it does. I don't care. It doesn't matter. The fact that you've." done it means you're one of us and you've got up there and you oh. know you, and and he said it makes me trust you more as a producer because you understand what we go through oh that's brilliant that's brilliant yeah, yeah. how was it when harry and paul and came to came to see you what what gig was that was okay. that like was that like a small gig uh yeah it was pretty pretty small gig because it was quite early in my stand-up career yeah um, so there were like probably 15 people in the audience it was one of those gigs yeah um, and obviously if there's 15 people in the audience and two of them are harry enfield and paul White, <laughs> the other um 13 people very much notice them and <laughs> yeah. on them rather than whoever's on the stage <laughs> so, yeah uh, that was the first time i got heckled and i was heckled by paul whitehouse so <laughs> <laughs> oh my god that would have been terrifying for all the other acts i'm sure my goodness but I tell you what, there are things that you understand if you've if you've worked in comedy and with comedy performers and writers for years, and then you start doing it yourself. It's mm. so interesting. There are things that you've understood intellectually, but only intellectually, that you then understand properly through mm. experience. I mean, you know, I'd I'd heard people talking about bad gigs and how a bad gig doesn't represent the who, what that performer is capable of yeah but I didn't really understand what that me meant until I got on stage myself and did gigs with other comedians and I, I, I've sort of worked out this thing which I which I knew as a producer which is that I think go with me on this that stand-up is more like surfing than it's like singing because it, yeah I know that sounds odd but um, basically, if you go and see somebody do their first singing gig or one of their first singing gigs and, it, and it's really bad and they're singing completely out of tune and it's terrible, you would be justified in saying, I'm not going to see them again. Uh, because you know they might get a bit better over the years but if they just if they're just a terrible singer they're just a terrible singer yeah if you saw somebody having one of their first surfing lessons uh i don't know why you would do that but <laughs> on this <laughs> you're watching this uh this guy splashing around in the water and then maybe a few months later your mate says to you hey let's go and uh see this guy he's a rising star on the surfing circuit <laughs> And you're like, no, I saw him a few months back and I like, it's just not my thing. He sort of splashes around and goes, I'm drowning, I'm drowning. It's not, <laughs> it's not for me. Um, but, you know, that guy might now be the Bridget Christie of surfing. Yeah. And saying that, I've just revealed who it was that as a producer, I saw <laughs> and idiotically wrote off because it wasn't her best gig. And then years <laughs> later realised she's utterly brilliant. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh no, that's that's great. That's uh, yeah, that's a great analogy. That's brilliant. Yeah, and as as Greg says, I think I think if yeah, if all producers could do a few stand-up gigs, um, I think I think yeah, the TV commissioning world would be a better place, or agents and bookers. 
had to get up on stage. And absolutely, one bad gig doesn't doesn't make doesn't make you at all. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't mean you're Florence Foster Jenkins. Do you know who she is? Was? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I haven't seen that. Uh, there was, the, yeah, there was the, a film. The film, the yeah. film with the, where David Mills was in the film. I think. Yeah. He was, wasn't he? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Star yeah. David Mills. Yeah. Um, it, but yes, for anyone who doesn't know, it was about a real life story about a woman who uh, lived in New York, very rich, sort of high society woman who thought she was a really good opera singer and was a properly terrible, like laugh a bad <laughs> singer. But she had these amazing concerts because people just found it so funny that she thought she was good. And I think she even had a concert in Carnegie Hall. You know, she had all these fans who would come and just laugh at her terrible singing. But mm. she didn't know this was the thing. And I thought about Florence Foster Jenkins a lot when I first started doing comedy because I, I kept thinking with horror, is it possible that I am the Florence Foster Jenkins of comedy? Because I'm a producer. Maybe people wouldn't tell me if I was really, really bad. <laughs> it was a huge relief to do my Edinburgh show and for it to go okay and to get some nice reviews. And that was the first time that I had any sort of objective um, yeah, yeah. That made me think, okay, maybe I'm not the Florence Foster Jenkins. Yeah. Oh, no, it was, uh, it went great. And I'm sure you were, I mean, everyone's delighted when Edinburgh goes great, but I'm sure that was a big, that was a big relief from that perspective. I hadn't considered that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, nice, nice. Well, we've talked to comedians all producing comedy shows in isolation. You know, we're thinking, we're all waiting for kind of the new alternative comedy. And here we are. This is the new, <laughs> this is the new alternative comedy. I think it will change to a certain extent the way things are looked at because the things that really work in isolation and will therefore be cheap and if it gets millions of views and makes money then people will want to do more of that won't they as producers I assume. Yeah it's, it's really hard to predict. I mean one thing that's because as a producer I'm, uh, I'm in narrative comedy. Hmm. The conversation that we're all having is do you, if you're developing something now, if you're working on the scripts now, oh. do you set it in a pre-coronavirus world? You know, or do you try and reflect what's going on? And I think at the moment, the conversations I'm having with people, things that we're developing right now, the instinct is actually not to go there, not to try and reflect this, because I think other media are doing that or other forms are doing it. I think stand-up will certainly do that because stand-up, does that so well, sort of talking about what's on all of our minds and what's going on or what's been going on for us all oh. when we come out of this. But uh, yeah, it's a really interesting check. Do you try and weave that into your script or do you, do you allow people to be shaking hands and kissing <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Their elderly relatives in sitcoms? You know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I guess tea, the wheels of TV move so slowly that... Um... You've just got to reflect, if you're working on a TV script now, what life's going to be like in about 30 years' time, in my experience. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, maybe that's just my experience in trying to get a sitcom made. Let's not be bitter at this time. Um, <laughs> right. One more thing before we finish. You studied psychology, I believe. Am I right in saying that? I did. I do have a degree in psychology, so I'm highly qualified to be on your podcast. Excellent. Well, we haven't really talked about psychology at all. We obviously do on the normal episodes. We talk about the psychology of comedy, but uh, 
Have you been more self-reflective, more time to think about what makes you happy, what you'd like to do more of after this, anything, anything like that? I, I think one thing I've realised, going back to what I was saying earlier about being better at lockdown than I thought I would be, oh. it's made me realise that any areas of anxiety in my personality tend to be connected to things that I think might be my fault or that other people might think are my fault. And I think that might be why I'm not as upset about this pandemic as I might be, is <laughs> because I know it's not my fault. I'm pretty sure I didn't do this. It might be, you don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Did you visit Wuhan before this um, started? Did you no, visit the market I'm, I'm, in China? I've not eaten any bats. I've done none of the things. I'm pretty certain it's not my fault. Right. Uh, so it's obviously something that, objectively speaking, one should be more upset about mm. that. That time I forgot to go to my friend's 40th birthday party. <laughs> it's, it's definitely more damaging to the world than that. I mean, so much more damaging to the world than that. <laughs> but yet something like that will caused me so much anxiety and guilt where yeah. coronavirus is just it really isn't my fault i feel i've said that it's not my fault enough times now that it's <laughs> i'm testing too much and i sound guilty yes i'm starting to suspect now i'm starting to suspect <laughs> i've seen all of the conspiracy theories but not one that izzy mount started coronavirus <laughs> which i'd, I'd, I'd kind of like that conspiracy i think that would get me some press yeah but no, i think that's a good thing i think a lot of people worry and are anxious about things that they have no control of. And yeah, I think if what causes you anxiety is the things that maybe you can control, I think that'd be a better position to be in, in terms of anxiety and controlling. What you're, what you're saying is I'm the best at anxiety. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, do you do anything to control that at this time? Do you do any mindfulness or meditation? No, I'm not. You know, different things work for different people. I'm not really the the meditation type. I think I find myself meditating in daily life without calling it meditating anyway. I've, been, you know, I've always been one of those people that just suddenly I'm sitting blankly thinking about things, you know. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so I don't really need to make extra time to do that. Um, I mean, I'm doing all the things that are supposed to be healthy. I'm going out for my daily walk. I'm making sure I chat to friends and family. Yeah. Um, Do they know you caused the coronavirus? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I'll let them know after it's all over. You yeah. Know? It feels like a better timing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Nice. Nice. Right. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much for coming on. That was great. I will now get back to my surfing lessons. I want you to come and. <laughs> Watch me surfing. I'm crap at the moment, but you never know, Izzy. You never but know. One day, one day, you might be uh, on the crest of that wave. <laughs> she said, speaking literally, not metaphorically. <laughs> Brilliant. So during this time, where can we find out about your latest album that you've listened to or whatever else you're doing on Twitter, I guess, best place? Uh, well, actually, Instagram is where I'm posting my... Uh, my views on the Rolling Stone album rankings. Um, but nice. you know, that's not my main thing. <laughs> it's not, <laughs> no, 
deciding what I think about albums is, is not what I'm known for. It um, could become your main thing. You could, it could lead to a podcast, a series, a, a film, and then who knows, an album. Yeah, well, who knows? <laughs> I would say I'm, I'm probably, of, of the social medias, I'm more a Twitterer than anything else, but I am Instagramming a bit as well at the moment. Nice. So, so, I'm, I'm Izzy Mant, all one word, in all of those places. Beautiful, wonderful. Well, thank you. Good to hear your, good to hear your positive. Good to hear your relaxed, not full of anxiety, and uh, but bad to hear that you are the cause of all this. Yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> that's a big scoop. I didn't think I was going to get that scoop today. That is an amazing. That's the best scoop we've had on this. Thank you. Lots of love, Izzy. Thank, thank you. you so much for doing this. Thank you. Bye bye. The brilliant Izzy Mant there. So it was announced in the UK yesterday that we're going to have another three weeks of lockdown and wherever you're listening to this in the world, it's bound to be a similar situation of restrictions. So it's about staying optimistic. It's about focusing on the good as well as the bad news. There are mental health tips, as we always say on this, from our counselling partners, threadup.co.uk. And uh, one of the mental health tips is daily check-ins with loved ones. But if you haven't got anyone to speak to at this time or anyone to speak to in that way, ThreadUp are offering free check-ins. And the next ones are tonight, if you're listening to this on the Friday, 5 till 6pm. So get in touch with them on Twitter at ThreadUp underscore. One of the other mental health tips they say on the website is observe how certain things you view online make you feel. And if they're unhelpful or if they're causing anxiety, don't keep going there. It's something I mentioned right at the start of this three-week process, not to go to certain areas of the internet that make you feel worse. So why not go to certain areas of the internet that make you feel better? And I've uh, mentioned some of these before, but I think it would be worthwhile just flicking through all the previous guests and all the stuff they're putting out there. The number one thing I'd mention is, again, nextupcomedy.com. Loads of comedy on there. They are wonderful, wonderful people. They're also supporting comedians via a comedian's benevolent fund. They're amazing. The comedy's amazing. Nextupcomedy.com. And who have we had on? We've had Scott Capuro. He's doing comedy every night at 8pm, live stand-up comedy. Uh, Alex Lowe's doing great stuff as Clinton Baptiste and Barry from Watford. Alexis Dubas mentioned the Lost Comics and the great stuff they're doing online. Dave Hill is putting new music and comedy out there. Nathan Kate, Mickey Overman, Nick Helm, Jake Yap, Mitch Ben, uh, Anna Vapel are all doing podcasts, online content. And of course, I'm doing my silly Wednesday 8pm Facebook Live. Elton John, sing along a thong. And you can get all the details of what I'm doing at NathanCassidy.com or it's Facebook slash Nathan Cassidy Comedian. And there's also ways on my website of supporting this podcast with donations at this time through my patreon.com slash Nathan Cassidy or coffee.com slash Nathan Cassidy. So there we go. Lots of things to make you feel better. Lots of love to you all. Thank you so much for the support. We've had double the amount of downloads in April already than we had uh, in the previous month. It's just going up and up. And the reviews and the comments that you send me really keep us going at this time. Thank you. Thank you so much. And that was our show for today. Join us again tomorrow for more Psychology Daily Dose. Please listen back on all the daily shows, all the main shows. Please give us those five-star reviews. Your positivity is needed more now than ever. Psychomedy is produced by Mike Hansen at Pop People Productions. Check out psychomedy.co.uk. I'm Nathan Cassidy. Lots of love to you all. Stay healthy, stay optimistic, and tune back in for more Psychomedy Daily Dose tomorrow.